0: It is good that we are here. This is the one day of the year where I actually feel like a morning person. So I pitched the the idea to my staff that we should actually set our clocks back every week so that we get to experience this every week. They apparently saw some problems in this area. Well, all right. Back in the early 1900s, Ernest Shackleton was leading an expedition to either the Arctic or the Antarctic, I forget which one, and he needed men to go on the journey with him. And so he took out an ad in the paper, and the ad said, men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. 5,000 people applied. Men wanted for a hazardous journey. When I started in seminary, we had maybe 27 or so guys. There are now 72 guys in seminary. When people ask me why the seminary grew, I have realized they don't like the answer which I give them. But, as many of you know, I tend to be honest and I tend to be candid. And the answer, I think, is that the seminary, maybe 10-ish or so years ago, decided that they were going to embrace the priestly identity. They were going to call guys to the priesthood, and they were going to ask them to be men and to die to themselves, to lay down their lives so that others may live. They were going to ask them to conform their lives to Christ on the cross. They were going to be authentic Catholics, they were going to be unstained by the world, They were not going to run from the teachings of the church or the liturgical tradition of the church. And the seminary knew this would be hard. They were asking for men for a hazardous journey with small wages and bitter colds. And yet men have signed up and continue to sign up. There's something about that that calls to the heart of a man And one of the key things that the seminary has called us to embrace, kind of in a renewed and profound way, is celibacy. I always laugh when you hear these reports that the church might get rid of celibacy in the West. And the reason I laugh is most young priests would still remain celibate, myself included. Because there are good reasons for celibacy, even though it is hard. In fact, there are three reasons for celibacy, one of which is mentioned in the gospel, which I will get to. The first reason is the practical one. I find it the least appealing, but it is a good enough reason. Paul talks about the one who is consecrated to God is unconcerned with the world. He can sort of direct all of his attention and all of his focus on God. That's why you can call me at 2 a.m. and I will come anoint you. I have nothing else going on, right? (laughs) Just sleep, but that's all right. Father Nathan told me priests aren't allowed to sleep, so... It's also why I can be around on a Saturday if you need a confession. I'm not at my kid's soccer game. All that I have, all of my focus and my attention and my energy should be directed towards God. I'm not split. I'm not spread thin. The second reason for celibacy, and it's the one that's most appealing to me, is the one that called deepest to my heart in seminary, is it conforms us to Christ in a profound and physical way. Paul talks about how he bore the wounds of Christ in his body. He may have literally been talking about the stigmata, but there's also this sense that we, as priests, should physically become like Christ. So Christ had nowhere to lay his head except the wood of the cross, and so I should have nowhere to lay my head except the wood of the cross. Christ was abandoned and desolate upon the cross, and so I should enter into that loneliness and that desolation with Christ physically. Christ on the cross offered his entire self, his soul, but also his body to God the Father in an act of love so that his church may have life. And I am called to do the same, to offer my spirit but also my body to God the Father in an act of love so that you may have life. I die so that you may have life. That's the second reason. And the third reason is the one mentioned in the gospel today. Jesus said, That at the resurrection, the children of God neither marry nor are given in marriage. Marriage is an earthly institution. It's sacramental and it has a heavenly sort of image. But at the resurrection from the dead, you will belong entirely to God. And so my life is supposed to remind you of that. You're supposed to see my life and say, yes, Father Kevin is not married to remind me that at the resurrection of the dead, we will not be married. And you should direct your life towards that. That's why seminary is so long. People ask me why it's six years, maybe even seven someday soon. And it's not to get a master's degree. It doesn't take six years to get a master's degree. It's because the priestly life is supposed to point to God and to heaven. And so in an ideal world, when you saw a priest, what you would see is not Father Kevin Harmon. You would see God the Father you would see his paternal love and his paternal care for you. And when you saw a priest, you would see the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the laying down of his life, the humility, the self-emptying. And when you saw a priest, you would see the fiery love and the wisdom and the fortitude of the Holy Spirit. My life is supposed to be an image of the Trinity, And that's impossible to do in six years, at least for me. Maybe Dominic will get there, but I didn't. I still have my flaws. But seminary is trying to lay the groundwork for that so that someday people may see me and say, yes, I see God the Father, and I see Jesus Christ, and I see the Holy Spirit, not because I am God. It's because the life of God has consumed me. So it is no longer I who live, but God who lives in me. And then I become sort of a walking reminder of God in your life. So what does all of that mean for you? Many of you are not called to celibacy. I am convinced that we have some religious vocations in this church, probably here today, who are called. They are men and women who are wanted for the hazardous journey of religious life with small wages, bitter cold. Sign up, go for it. But for the rest of you, I think the thing to remember is don't water down the gospel. The seminary didn't water down the priesthood. In fact, they doubled down on it and it grew. We have this ten- temptation, a tendency to think if we just make the gospel easier, people will come and live it, and it never happens. Don't water down the gospel. Because if we water it down, then people say, what's the point? There is a certain truth and beauty and goodness in the gospel in all of its glory which speaks to the human heart. It calls the human heart to greatness. And humans respond to that. They say yes. When St. Francis of Assisi was walking around Italy, he promised his friars a mat and gruel. And they would walk around and preach the gospel and maybe be persecuted. And they signed up in droves. Because the gospel is irresistible. And so the best way for us to preach is to be authentically Catholic. To, to live out the gospel in an authentic way, not to water it down, not to cut corners, be who we are. Because people find that irresistible. Fulton Sheen said nobody actually hates the church, they just hate what they think the church is. When we're authentically Catholic, when we're authentically led by the gospel, people will see that truth, that beauty, that goodness, and they'll sign up for the hazardous journey for small wages and for a heavenly reward.